the number one thing is trust your vision. I, I just can't say that enough, especially as women, we kind of tend not to sometimes, and especially when you're young. But I think your vision is your unique sauce and you have to trust it. And it doesn't, it doesn't need to look like everyone else's. In fact, it's better if it doesn't. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the She's So Real podcast. I'm your hostess, AJ Joyce, where we dive in each week to chat with multifaceted women in the film and entertainment industry who believe in diversity and inclusion through their work and the media. I'm a digital creator and a black girl nerd with a background in fun movie reviews, film enthusiasm, and girl power advocacy who's obsessed with creating a space for talented, badass women. Grab your drink and your popcorn because these ladies are the real deal. Today on the show, we have our first director who's done commercials and branded content filmmaking. Carrie Stutt is a director and writer with a passion for authentic storytelling that evokes emotion. Her award-winning brand films on the Kleenex Cares campaign made kindness contagious, delivering over 500 million organic views, winning the ANA Multicultural Award, a Silver Effie Award, and the shortlist for a Can Lion. She has worked closely with celebrities and brands to create content for Disney, ABC, Nickelodeon, Univision, The Tennis Channel, Facebook, and YouTube, just to name a few. And this episode, Carrie shares what diversity in storytelling means to her and how she successfully captures the beauty of it. We also highlight what it means to be a female director in the commercial industry through her experience. Boy, I can't wait for you guys to hear what she has to say. Let's catch up with Carrie. Did you know over 192,000 new podcasts were launched in 2019 and I was one of them? Have you ever wanted to share your opinion but not break the bank? I have just a thing for you, girl. It's called Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch and promote and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters like myself already using Buzzsprout to get their message out into the world. Like me, Buzzsprout can't wait to amplify your message. Let's create something great with Buzzsprout. Follow the link in the show notes, let Buzzsprout know that I sent you, and you can get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan today. Hi, Carrie. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for being on the show. I'm excited. It's my pleasure. <laughs> pleasure. Carrie, I'm excited about your podcast. Oh, you! I know because you have a lot to lay in there. So let's get started. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to know how you first got started in commercial work. I first got started in commercial work. It was a long path and actually something I didn't think that I would ever do. I used to work more in longer format and like reality television and uh, sports television. And when, you know, 
digital content started to become a thing very much on the early side of it, I really got excited about it as an opportunity for a different kind of storytelling. And so I started working more in that space um, back when sort of people would laugh at you when you said you were doing a digital series or digital content (laughs) is okay. And, but more and more of that became branded content. And so it's kind of morphed into that. And, And so from doing that, I worked on a campaign for Kleenex. It was the Kleenex Cares campaign and it was um, branded content online. Um, and it was a series, we probably did about 30, 32 uh, pieces of, of content. And each piece was meant to be this really a, a real story about someone, but it was meant to make you really naturally need the product. I mean, it was a beautiful integration because the stories were heartfelt and they were real. And I think that's where I really found my stride. And you know, learned how to integrate a product seamlessly into the content, which was exciting as a storyteller because the contents was what it needed to be, not something manufactured. So that was really exciting. And, and from that, um, it got some attention and um, I just kind of took it from there. Would you say that's your first project as a director that like took off or? Yes, I would. I had done some other, some directing prior to that. I had done some work at uh, ABC, ABC Disney. And, you know, I've done some things over, over the years. I um, produced and directed a series for the tennis channel called Open Access. You have a tennis background, but, um, but this was the thing that really took off and it won uh, a lot of awards. And um, one of the pieces from that um, was selected and, and for the uh, Shoot New Directors Showcase. And that's where uh, what really helped open the doors for me in the traditional commercial space. Nice, Carrie. Look at you stepping forth into your journey. I love it already. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you think your work resonated so much with people when they saw, especially with your Kleenex Cares campaign that you did? I think it's because we respond to something that that speaks to us on a deeper level. Um, when you see a commercial, uh, there's some commercials you just watch or, or films for that matter that you watch and you, and you laugh, but if something really resonates with you personally, uh, it's something you'll remember and, and you'll stop and watch in our busy schedules, particularly if it's online. Uh, you might even share it with a friend who went through that same thing. So I think that's what we experienced with with the Kleenex campaign. And what I just took to heart is that I really want to get to the heart of every story. And, and, and every story does have that, that to it. And so making it most relatable on a human level, there's many entry points into many stories for people. So just finding that is kind of what excites me. That excitement that you talk about, especially with giving it, the branded content heart, I think that's where you really touch people. I, I've seen the Kleenex Cares campaign. I've seen a lot of your ads and, and commercials, and I think they're brilliant across the board. I, I love the way you carried them over. How did you apply your creative process with the Kleenex Cares campaign to your other projects that you've done? You know, I mean, the processes for a lot of those have been very different, but I think that I just, I've brought the same lens to a lot of the work that I've done because a lot of the similarities are the subjects are often real people. And so real people, it's, it's kind of like, you know, real people, there's a psychology to real people as opposed Mm -hmm, to actors mm -hmm. asking them to say something and mean it. Uh, you're you're talking to a real person. You don't necessarily know what you're going to get from them. But I think it really, what it comes down to is 
I, I've realized that I might be a hack uh, psychologist, but <laughs> getting to, getting to know people, you know, and and also not just not just understanding their stories, but caring about them. Uh, opens the floodgates with people when you are uh, working with them. They have to trust you and know that you're you're caring, especially if their story has any you know trauma or tragedy or serious element to it. Just you know digging a little deeper and finding finding the element of their story that's really going to make something powerful is what I what I like to do. I like the fact that your commercials are very multidimensional in a sense of perspective and just viewpoint overall, you know, it, it shows that anyone can do this. Any type of situation is applicable to anybody. Not the fact that it's just a one path stream. How do you continuously keep that? I know every narrative is different for your commercials, but how do you continuously keep that lens in the forefront? when you are directing, of course, you also have the brands talking to you about what they want as well. But as a director, you still have that artistic control to do that. Well, because I think that I see people as the same, maybe, maybe that's what it is. I I don't know. I, I can't imagine not approaching it that way. I think when, when you're going to tell a story and I love diversity of stories, that's what, to me, it's all about being a storyteller, I wouldn't want to tell just one kind. Um, so I always just, I mean, my approach is to tell that person's story with my, my lens on it. It's really their story. So kind of look at it that way, I guess. And I, I know through your commercials, I could tell you also have a passion for the diversity of story as well. And you could just see it as I personally don't know all the directing terms because I am not a director or a filmmaker. (laughs) However, the way that things are shot and the movement and the way you capture the emotion of it, it to me is just very, just fantastic. It makes you feel, it gets under your skin when you see it. And And I personally think that's why your Kleenex cares and the rest of your ads really get to people. Like one of, one of my other favorites of yours is the Barbie slash Nickelodeon one where you can do anything and the girls are in there. And I, I just love it to death. So kudos to you. Oh, well, thank you. I'm <laughs> glad you love it. I, I, I think some of that, it's interesting you mentioned like, you know, camera moves and things. So much of it is how something is edited. So I know there's just a magic when you're putting something together, you have all the raw materials. And when you go into an edit, there's some, some, ads you can watch that you feel like they're gratuitous, you know, pulls at your heartstrings. And I try to always avoid that if possible. If if you can, you can easily miss that mark. And so much of it comes down to how it's pieced together and getting the timing just right and not feel gratuitous. Definitely. Definitely. Another thing I would say is that I feel like at times your commercials, and I don't even know if you intended to do this, but your commercials feel like they align with what's happening now with the representation matters movement. Would you say that you were on the same lines as that, even though like you may indirectly, I mean, intended that, I don't know. I definitely (laughs) did not intend that. Um, but I'm happy to hear that that's, uh, that that's the case. No, it, it certainly is an intention. And sometimes you can't control what projects, you know, what the message of a project is. You don't always have a, a lot of control over that. But 
No, that's really, that's really cool. I mean, I hope to continue in that vein. I just think people's stories are interesting and the more different they are from my perspective, the better. That's awesome. I can't wait to see what more you have to put out. (laughs) Me either. (laughs) And since of control, I'm very curious, especially being a woman who's in the branded content slash commercial industry, what struggles have you faced? That's a long, that's a long and drawn out answer. But I mean, I think (laughs) in a nutshell, it is challenging. There are challenges and I've been on many sets where people walk up to me and ask them to get them coffee. And I, and I say, you know, actually I'm the, or or have you seen the director yet? And I'm like, that's me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What a slap in the Uh, face. So I think, you know, when I get that, I always laugh, but it's, it's, it's fine. But I think that, um, I think there's still this sort of idea of what a director looks like. I mean, I'm sure many fields have that, but you know, I don't, I don't necessarily look like that that type of whatever that type is, but it's changing. And the more that, that women are, you know, out in in the media, the more you see pictures of women directing, the more it does become something you you've seen before. So, you know, if you can see it, you can be it sort of thing. So I always think that, you know, I always love going on sets when there are other women in other roles too, because it's, it's more and more happening, but it hasn't been the norm. So I don't know. I mean, just to, to answer your question, I think there have been challenges been t- being taken seriously, but, and, and there are probably, there are definitely challenges with certain types of advertising, like the automotive space. And there, there's some areas, you know, action oriented uh, scenes and things like that. Can you give us some examples of what kind of challenges women face in that realm of commercial industry? Like, you know, I don't know if I can, if I, if I'm necessarily an expert on like automotive ads, but I'll say that it's, it's sort of like, it's unspoken, but I think that there's sort of, if you're a woman, you're a little bit looked at as if, well, you know, you might be great for this cosmetic ad or this heartfelt mother's day piece or, you know, things like that. But I think that a lot of us, myself included would like to do the, you know, Michael Bay blockbuster, you know, yeah. So <laughs> I'd be very excited to do something like that. So I just think that it's, it's perception, like, you know, guys and cars and, and that's just been a long, I mean, the industry has been around a long time and there's just a lot of people very established in that space. So, you know, it's, it's just harder to break in. And I think that also as a woman, it's harder to get those opportunities earlier in your career. And then if you have a family, you know, as with a lot of careers, it can set you back as well. Cause it's very hard to be a working mother in an industry where it's a lot of travel and, you know, location work, things like that. Definitely. Do you feel, and I'm, I'm glad you pointed this out. Do you feel that being a working mother, who's also in this industry, you get treated differently versus a guy who has a family and is a father and does the same thing as you? Ooh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, um, yeah, you know, I think I w- I don't think it's just this industry. I think that there's mm-hmm. there's sort of an unwritten question mark in people's minds of your dedication to something if you're a working mother across the board. Um if you're a working father, it's cool, you'll be away from your family for a couple days, but somebody's taking care of them. Uh, if you're a working uh, mother, <laughs> Yeah, somebody's taking care of them, but it's just a little bit, little bit different 
gig when you're a working mom and you're away for five days and you, mm-hmm. and you come back home. So look, everybody's sort of giving up something when they, when they go work, but it's, I think it can be a little bit harder for, for working moms in that sense and the perception of, of them. How do you personally navigate that having a family of your own and also being that you are, you are moving up in the game very quickly. So (laughs) how do you balance the success and also having family and wanting to be there for them? I think the navigation is on a case by case basis of, you know, is this project worth that, what you're giving up every time that you walk out the door? So it, it does become a sort of weighing process and I, I'm not professing to be navigating it. Great. <laughs> I don't know who, you know, I'd love to meet someone who, who is a feeling like they, they've done it perfectly, but it's, it's a constant give and take and a juggle. And, um, I was on a set recently where I got an emergency call that there was a fire near my house. And my husband was still asleep because I was on the East Coast. He's here. And I was trying to wake him up in between takes <laughs> so they could get out of the house. So, oh my gosh, you know, it's, it's things like that. You're always got, uh, you know, a family wherever you are. So I've definitely arranged a play date or two on lunch breaks. All right, y'all, I have something to share. The secret is out. She's So Real finally has its own community. Yes, girl, the realists. That's right. (laughs) I'm getting excited just thinking about it. This community is an extension of the podcast and blog. The space is created for talented, badass women in the film and entertainment industry, just like my intro says, in order to support one another. You guys are supposed to share resources and news, network, advocate for more girl power on and off screen use this community for inspiration positivity expertise skill development think pieces and much more ultimately our mission is to bring your passion to reality with the support of these women have fun in there and don't forget to invite any other ambitious women that you know in the industry you can find the link in the show notes and i can't wait to see you in there Well, I'm sure you're speaking to millions of women right now who go through the same thing, not only in your industry, but plenty others who juggle being a mother and also being a boss or, you know, employee somewhere or uh, owning their own business. I mean, it's hard. It really is hard. It is hard. And, you know, hats off to everyone out there who's, who's doing it. I think it's, you know, some days you win and some days you just go, that wasn't the best and you figure it out. (laughs) So at least that's, I'm trying to, trying to do it that way and not be too hard on yourself. With your experience in the industry and the struggles that you've had yourself along with things that you've seen, when you see a new female director, what is your advice that you would give them in order to make sure they don't go through this, I guess, similar struggles that you may have? Or they just brush it off their shoulders. Well, yes, brush it off. <laughs> um, I think <laughs> I think the doors right now for for female directors starting out probably open a little bit easier, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So I would say, and there's also like now more access to better equipment, you know, at a cheaper price point. So I would say like keep creating. But I think the the number one thing is trust your vision. I, it just 
I can't say that enough, especially as women, we kind of tend not to sometimes. And especially when you're young, but I think your vision is your unique sauce and you have to trust it. And it doesn't, it doesn't need to look like everyone else's. In fact, it's better if it doesn't. The different, the better. And I think women also go through that, what you touched on, that whole ideal of, oh, I'm not enough. So it, it immediately like portrays through their work as soon as that thought process happens. So I'm glad you highlighted that. Yeah. And you cannot, you know, as a director, you can't be, be a doubter. You have to know the answers even when you don't. Um, so I think that's real important. Um, it's an important lesson that I learned. That's wonderful. As a person who loves to see diversity on the screen, and I do too, how can we see more of that in the future? What do you think? I think we can, as creators, we can create those stories. Definitely. I think we can, as people in hiring positions, we can hire those people, give them experience. I think at every every level, it's a consciousness that that's important. I just think diversity is important in on every level. So, at, you know, to see it on the screen, we, as creators, we have to create. You know, especially as as writers, writers can you know look at stories, but be interested in other perspectives. I mean, people are naturally. I think there's just a lot of like ways that you know these stories can come to light, and we can you know usher them through. But people also vote with their dollars when they go to the theaters. So if you're, if we're going to the theaters and we're going to see, you know, big blockbuster movies every time that don't represent us, then that's what the industry is going to continue to make because that's what's making money. So if there, you want to see the, the, the smaller movies or the more diverse movies, go see those in the theater, you know, spend your money on those. And that will, that will send a message to the people that, that green light those, that there might be, you know, might be a benefit to making more of them. I think last year and even the year before, there was such a surplus, especially in the film industry, of movies that had such representation across the board. You know, you had Black Panther, you had Crazy Rich Asians. I mean, and that's just two, you know, there's Little Women and it just keeps going on and on and on and on. And I'm I'm curious to see, will you eventually shift to filmmaking? That's my goal. I'd like to. And I've definitely been, you know, I've always had that in mind. And, and I, I started out writing feature length screenplays. So yeah, I, th- I think I'd like to do that. I think it's just, you know, that's a difficult shift to make. So I'm right now just in the process of that, but for sure. And I think bringing those diverse perspectives, I mean, when people always ask me what my favorite movie is, I say the color purple. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it is my favorite movie. And, you know, it's not, it's it, it, some people are often surprised, but I, I just, I love that movie so much. So I don't know. I, I think that I want to see more of that and I want to make more of that. So I hope people let me do that. <laughs> I'm always curious to hear about someone who's like, I've always wanted to work with this person. I've always wanted to work with this person. Who would be like your dream person to work with in the industry? And it could be even on a commercial level, film level, TV, whatever, whatever you feel like. Well, there's a million people I'd like to learn from. So that's a very long list. But uh, I would have said Nora Ephron, Penny ah. Marshall. But I think, I think now I think more about who would I like, what sto- who would I like to work with in terms of whose story would I like to spend a year or two of my life on? 
bringing to, you know, bringing to, to a big screen. And when I think about that, I, right now I'm really interested in themes of, uh, women, uh, breaking boundaries in sports. Ooh. Um, okay. The, so the, the Katie Sowers of the world. So right. I'm very interested in that sorts of themes. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's kind of where my head's at, but I mean, there's so many talented people that, that do this kind of work. I mean, that I would love to sit down and interview just like this actually, <laughs> or learn from, <laughs> but I think, you know, when I think of, yeah, I think Nora Ephron and would be, we'd be one of them. So she's not with us, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's always a hard question for me because there's not just one person. Oh, definitely. I have like a million, including fingers and toes. <laughs> I would love to learn from. So <laughs> I would I like to do something with Julia Louis Dreyfus just because, like, I just think that she's like the most amazing comedic, you know, actress. And uh, I think it would be great to just, you know, learn from Don't her. Don't you just love Veep? I love Veep. Like, the best. <laughs> the best. That show is awesome. And I loved her on Seinfeld. Like, I have to say, I, that's the only reason I actually watched it was because of her. I didn't watch it for Seinfeld. I watched it because of her because I thought she was hilarious. <laughs> so, so funny. So, I, uh, yeah, I had to oh. pick the buddy. Well, is there anything we should look forward to in the future from you? I am, I hope to have something um, female sports related uh, out in the world soon. I'm definitely putting some things together and pitching some things, but yeah, I've been working on a, a, a documentary as well that I hope will be, that's a, a long process. So it's probably going to be another year before that's, uh, that's done, but yeah, I think you'll see some longer format stuff for me. Ooh, it's very this is inspiring. Exciting. That's probably the, the most I can say about it. <laughs> well, I've seen it through your previous work, so I should not think of anything less. So I'm really <laughs> excited about that. Oh man, speaking of sports, have you ever thought of doing like something related to Serena Williams? Yes, I have actually. You know, she is just, she breaks boundaries just from one step to another. Just, I'm just curious. <laughs> For sure, I have. Uh, well, I come from a tennis background, uh, so definitely. And I hope she gets involved in the project I'm working on. If, you, if you're listening, Serena. <laughs> Serena, please get a call listen. from me <laughs> randomly. Um, but I think, yeah, for sure. She is definitely someone who um, is inspiring and will continue to inspire in the way that she uh, handles herself. And, and it's cool now that she is a mom and she has that element to her. Well, my last, my last tale, cause you've, you've delivered so, delivered so much deets to us today. I am curious on what would be your, you've already said trust your vision in terms of advice. I'm curious, what would be your general advice to give to someone who is just coming into this industry and would like to become a successful director and writer just like you are? Well, I would say that I don't think you necessarily need to go to film school. I think you know, I mean, everybody has a different opinion, but I would say more importantly, create. If what your goal is, is to create things, don't wait for permission. Go, go make them any way you can, even if it's on your iPhone. So keep creating because every time that you do, maybe the first, you know, one or two are things you wouldn't show anybody, but eventually they will be things that you would show people. And 
that's that's all we have is is our ability to create. So keep doing it. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a long long term thing that you know it doesn't just strike overnight. You hone your craft for years and. Well, hopefully it does strike overnight. I wish that for everyone. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed for everybody. <laughs> yeah, but that's a good point in that, you know, when it doesn't, don't give up because it's rare when that happens. You have to keep going and keep pushing forward and keep writing that script and whatever it is that you're trying to do, you just just don't stop because you get don't get discouraged because it is a world of no's, but all you need is one yes. You're right about that. And Carrie, thank you for this. Yes, I appreciate it. (laughs) That's my my little thank you in there. (laughs) My pleasure. I would also take like another key takeaway from what you said is making sure that you don't need permission from anyone else but yourself when you're creating. I love how you said that. And I think people forget that all the time. They're looking for validation in everybody else except for themselves. So that that was some serious gems right there. (laughs) Well, I hope so. And I mean, I think I can still tend to do that. But I think, you know, the minute you you start uh, going, oh, I don't know, that's the minute you go, that means I should do this. So just do it. All right. Before we close out, we have to get to the real, real. So you already gave us your favorite movie. So that's awesome. The Color Purple. Shout out to you, Oprah and Whoopi Goldberg and Danny Glover and the rest on that film. You guys are amazing. And I really hope they don't do a reboot of that because that would be terrible. Like Steven Spielberg did an amazing job on that, especially with Quincy Jones in the background. What is your favorite TV show? Well, it's Veep. I mean, I just can't. It's kind of, it's just genius. And I used to live in the UK. So I think that is based on a show called The Thick of It, uh, which was also very clever. So I, I, I definitely am a fan of that kind of humor and the cast and the writing. And that's a show I'll definitely make time for. Recently, and this is a little bit off topic, but I recently just watched uh, Sex Education and I forgot how much I love British comedy. I love that that show period, but British comedy is just off the chain. So <laughs> dittos to you guys. <laughs> and my last question is, what is your favorite Super Bowl commercial? Ooh, that's a new one you snuck in there. Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> my favorite Super Bowl commercial. Well, I have to say, actually, that when I saw the Super Bowl commercial this year with Katie Sowers in it, uh, the um, football coach, I jumped up and did a fist pump. <laughs> I jumped up from my seat and fist pumped uh, like a mad woman. And so that might be it. Yeah. You hear that, Katie? She's fist pumping for you. You have a big fan over here. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it just, it made me so excited to see, you know, a woman breaking that barrier that, uh, and to be, you know, Super Bowl in the Super Bowl. It was pretty cool. I remember when news broke of that and I was all like, I didn't even realize this. I need to pay attention to this woman. So I, I love how you rave about it because now I want to even go back and like relive that experience now and see if I can fist pump in the living room. <laughs> I had no control over it. It just happened. Well, Carrie, I appreciate everything you gave us today. You are our first commercial director slash writer to be on this show. So you are just making the path for new ones to come in. Ready to stop firing the Instagram algorithm and start building your email list like me? I thought so. Meet my marketing secret weapon, Flowdesk. 
Whether if you're an entrepreneur, a content creator, or an artist, you can use Flowdesk to create campaigns in minutes that grow your business, gain more followers, and make passive money. I mean, like, who doesn't like making money in their sleep? Flowdesk gives you the ability to design emails with stunning templates people will actually love in their inbox and look great in any device. To stay on brand, Flowdesk gives you the creative freedom to use custom brand colors and fonts so you can be on top of your marketing game. The best part is you can have unlimited subscribers with no upgrade fees or penalties. Support this female-owned business by signing up today for 50% off your monthly subscription forever. Flowdesk. Email marketing just got a whole lot easier. I am exhilarated to know there are people out there like Carrie who are continuously working to see diverse narratives on screen that represent your average person like you and me. Kudos again to you again, Carrie. I loved having you on the show. Before I close out, I got a question for you. You want a shout out on the show? Leave a rating on Apple Podcasts and send me a screenshot at heyaj at she'soreal.com with hashtag AJ shoutouts in the subject line. Again, send me a screenshot at heyaj at she'soreal.com with hashtag AJ shoutouts in the subject line. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Also, I have a small gift for you. It's a free female-centric movie calendar that you can get today. Yes, today. 365 days of lady cinematic fun on and off screen. I gotta tell you, it took me a while to get all those movies, but they're all worth seeing. Plus, if you need something to curb your social distancing, if you get my drift, this is something perfect for you to get. And that's all from me, folks. Toodaloo! I hope you enjoyed this episode of She's So Real. If you loved it as much as I did, head on over, rate, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every week on Thursday. I would love to hear more from you on topics you want to hear. Head to the show notes and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next. I can't wait to hang out with you all again soon. Remember, keep it real. Thank you.